Who's this? Oh, you're an entrepreneur? Oh, you're a real estate investor. Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it. Well, come into the lab then. Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad, and let's build y'all. Real estate experiment, what is happening, y'all? Today, I have the pleasure of connecting with my man, George Abreu. Abreu? Did I get that right? Abreu? Yeah, there you go. You we are just talking about it offline. One of the things I always want to make sure I say people's name correctly. And um, it says a lot about the origin, too. I always find out. I'll give you a little plug, uh, George, before we start. Kanye, the K's, is originally Congolese. If you see that a lot, you'll see it's from the Democratic Republic of Congo. So us, we have, you said it was what, Brazilian? Uh, Cuban. Cuban, Cuban. That's right. Just talking about it. So first of all, welcome to the lab. Um, I feel like we're, we're overdue, but it was, it's beautiful because uh, John, who came into this, I think set this up for us. And I'm really excited to hear about, you know, I always like to talk about the individual behind the business because I do believe that your, um, you know, your reflection, uh, your business is a reflection of who you are and, and you've been able to put in some great individuals together. So uh, basically, I mean, your resume is very impressive, George, and, and I know you're, I can already tell you got the humble grin on your face. You're going to try to brush it off, but we're not going to do that. We got a level set here. You know, you're uh, essentially what I found really interesting. You have a construction company and as well as an investing company, your GP, LP, um, and you've done really well for yourself. And, and it's really, you know, your name, you know, it's like a household name. We've seen it, seen it in the community and then Elevate, uh, which again, we had the pleasure of having John uh, pass by. Uh, you're, you're the founder of that and you have partners and you have a great team. So one of the questions I always have is we have a lot of individuals step in the lab is which one came first and, you know, maybe take a, a step back, George, of, you know, who is George and how did this, you know, how did the first foundational pillar start or at least that, that the process into getting there? <laughs> uh, there's a lot in there. Let me, let, me, let me try to sum it all up. Um, yes, you know, it, it, I guess it started sometime in, in college. I, I realized I didn't want to, I didn't want to just graduate and then go work. Um, I was getting an engineering degree. Um, I didn't want to go work for a big corporate company and the engineering department and um, spend who knows how many years working myself up the, the ladder. Yeah. Um, and once I got that in my head, I mean, I just, then it was like, okay, so what am I going to do? You know, what, what direction am I going to take? And I started reading up on several different um, highly successful individuals and um, kept seeing real estate, real estate investing. You know, their, their wealth was either built on that or they supplemented it with real estate investing. So kind of got hooked at that point and started really researching it and, and seeing, okay, I want to do real estate investing. You know, where do I start? How do I do it? Um, so that was a journey within itself. But I, I think that was the first step, you know, the mindset and knowing the direction I wanted to go. Um, and then to get to where I am now, I mean, that direction took some, some turns here and there and, and, and progressed. Um, to where, you know, I started with single family investments, then um, ended up opening a construction company along the way, and then ended up tilting all my focus towards uh, multifamily. Okay. 
that's 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 a great level set that helps um what i like that you said george is you you talked about um you know anything around wealth was around real estate or built on it or you know used as a wealth preservation i think it's interesting because you you're doing both i mean i think what i what i what i like of having individuals that step in here um they're they're either real estate investors or they run businesses built around that um so and i that's i think that's an important conversation because i think real estate in itself is a vehicle i'm sure you agree um but i think what you've done is you have a real business with systems and et cetera, right. That goes into the, the business. Would you agree with that? Or did I miss something? No, I mean, that, that's, yeah, you hit it that on. I mean, at, at some point early on when I started building these businesses, um, you know, there's, there's the business where you have an individual that pretty much does it all, or he can maybe even has a staff, but if he is to remove himself, the business stops, crumbles. Um, and that was me for, for some years. Um, and at some point, I told myself, I'm not going to do it like this anymore. You know, I want to build a business. I want to um, get back some of my time. You know, if I want to step away, um, if I want to sell my business, if, you know, th- there's got to be an exit built in and um, you can't sell a business that's has no systems or you're the only one that's producing. Um, it's not really worth anything. Yeah. So what was the, George, I'm so glad you touched on that. What was the shift? Like talk about that shift of what does it look like for someone who's, you know, may think they have a business, but really it's just them. And if they're removed, their business crumbles. And then maybe that's the old George. And what does the new George look like? What did, what did it take? Is it letting go of things? Is it adding things? Is it subtracting? What does that look like? I know there's an, a lot of pieces and there's not one, but I'm, I'm curious maybe what our mind shift sh- should shift to if you were looking yeah, to build mean, a business. So you have to be willing to, to step back um, and work on the actual business and not in the day-to-day hustle. Um, you can do both, but, but you have to make sure you, you separate that time where you're going to step back and work on the business, work on the systems, um, work on your team, and then also work on the hustle, you know, and, and, and the day-to-day grind. Yeah. Um, I think that's uh, when I made that, mindset switch where okay i'm, I'm gonna separate this time uh weekly you know i'm gonna block out in my schedule this much time to work on this system and when that system's done i'm gonna go to the next and yeah, and yeah, yeah. that was a big change okay so what did that uh, look like for you was that the construction business to start off with that where you were making those changes or was that the the multifamily? because i know we, we we talked about both in the beginning and i want to just talk about how you kind of start transitioning those into one another it started with the construction company because um the construction company definitely takes more staff um to run right and um a lot more clients to deal with and and whatnot um you know and and if you don't have those things then um i mean there were times where you know i would try to take a vacation and it was just it was impossible my phone was just nonstop. Um, you know, my team wasn't trained to 
to um, handle situations. They're, they're, when there was a situation that came up, it was, well, let's call George. He'll solve it. And my natural instinct is I, I want to solve it. You know, I'm a problem solver, but it's, um, it's wrong to do it like that. You know, I've got to give the tools to my, to my team and let them um, handle it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of, we like to give tactical advice and I think we're, we're, we're definitely highlighting those points. Um, and just as we kind of shift into your progression of kind of what you've created today and all the wonderful individuals and all the impact that you're having, like boots on the ground in that beginning, I just want to touch on that for a second so people can hear it. You know, when you're in a construction business with an engineer background, I mean, you, you, you're probably jaded at this point. You're like, it makes sense. You've been in it. Like, what is it for folks? Like, what does that day-to-day look like? Is it, uh, I believe you guys specialize in, in roofing and residential and commercial now. Was that the beginning as well? Or is that what it elevated to is next as far as the construction business goes? Yeah, the construction business began because we wanted to scale the single family fix and flips. Mm-hmm. We got burned by some contractors I felt for me to scale it, I was going to have to um, either find somebody really solid, which we had not, or go ahead and, and, and build it myself. So in the beginning, I mean, it, it was built from scratch. You know, I was, I was running around, uh, grabbing materials, uh, taking every single phone call, um, going to estimate jobs. I mean, it, it was nonstop. Um, it was nuts. I, I so, don't know. <laughs> so you literally, so, so you literally, so, because I want to understand the connection of the bridge. It's like you went from engineering, like theoretical, like an engineer. Was it like civil engineering or was it architecture? No, electrical engineering. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I never solely bought into going down that path. Even even when I graduated and I, and I got a job, um, my job was in the engineering department at UPS, which was more of being a general contractor, I was responsible for um, the additions to the warehouses to if we needed a roof replacement, if we needed to um, build out a section of the warehouse or office space. So it was more of being a general contractor, not really an engineer. There's very small um, portion of that that ran into the engineering side. Um, so I was never really that deep into it. Um, that probably made that transition you're talking about a little bit easier yeah yeah no no because i i figured i'm like okay how do you get all the knowledge so essentially you started learning the skill set of kind of putting putting teams together essentially right yeah okay so one of the things we're fascinated about is or i at least i am i can speak for myself is, is like the whole vertical integration which i'm seeing is where you kind of scratch your own itch okay so contractors out there are a bit of a pain so let me solve that issue and then so you create the construction company and then after that it's okay is it it's residential you want to scale up to commercial like what was that how did how did the elevate kind of come to existence which it seems to be relatively new i guess in your horizon of um I guess you, when I look at your history of how long you've been doing this for it's relatively new you've been in the space for a while but so how did that jump come about you know, it kind of started with, um, so doing the single family flips, you know, yeah. 
keeping the fix and flips and the wholesales going. Um, did some holds, did some smaller multifamily, but mainly the focus was the fix and flips, the houses we didn't want, the wholesale. Um, and at some, you know, at the same time, I, I was growing the construction company, so I was taking on um, clients, you know, third party work for for not just our projects. And I took on a couple commercial clients, and then I took on a couple large multifamily clients that kind of just started going down that path. And one, I loved it <laughs> dealing with a business owner or um, an investor that's buying a large apartment complex. Very, uh, very different feel, right? Very different very conversation. Different yeah. um, you know, when I was doing the single family and most of my clients were investors of single family, um, they treated it like it was their a, a custom home. And, um, you know, there were some really good clients that, that got it and they were the ones um, that were doing a good amount of single family. And that was the ideal client, but then every once in a while, you know, I'd get the ones that um, just didn't disconnect the emotions. It's not your house. It's an investment. Um, so that kind of grew on me um, or I got tired of that. And then on the multifamily. So one awesome clients. And then two, I started asking more about the business and how, you know, before that I, I, I thought, I didn't know what a syndication was. I didn't, I didn't know you can um, put all these investors together and, and, and raise the money you needed to go purchase a $50 million property. Um, how, how did you find out? So I started asking, you know, I, I asked these clients, um, you know, how, how do you purchase this? Or, you know, how many of you are there? And <laughs> um, so they started, they, Filled me in on it. Um, went in and, and went to a couple um, seminars and ended up hiring a coach. Um, and man, I just I, I found my passion in, in that, you know. And I, and I I did the single family and the multifamily together for a little bit, and then decided to just put all my focus towards multifamily and, and stop doing any single family investment. Yeah. No, I, I want to highlight that for a second because the asking the clients is key. I mean, that's, uh, that's how I started with, you know, uh, as a real estate, uh, with a real estate agent license, right? I started specifically working with investors and then I would ask them questions and you're of service, but at the same time, you're kind of in the, you know, in the weeds and you're like, oh, okay, this is really how it's going down. And so this is specifically for anyone in trade, even if you're a contractor, like, I, I don't know what the ratio is of contractors that are out there who maybe don't invest or maybe agents that don't invest or don't, but I think it's an opportunity where you can add value and then also get an understanding to ask questions. So I think that that's, that's a key highlight right there. I, I think that's a, that's like a little ninja trick that sometimes falls by the wayside that I, I did want to mention. Um, and I don't know if you would agree to that. Uh, that, that I agree. I agree hundred percent. And I see yeah. a lot more in, in multifamily. Um, you see a lot of brokers that also invest. Um, there's a couple of contractors, you know, that have construction companies and also do investments. So I definitely think you see it more in multifamily. Yeah. So is it, and, and one thing I want to touch on as well, you, you talked about coaching. How, how important is that for you? And I know people feel a different way about it, but how, how important was coaching for you? I mean, 
it, it was pretty crucial in, in how I was able to, to move quickly. Um, I think, I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary. I think there is other ways of doing it. You know, there, there is a lot of free content out there nowadays. Um, you can go that route. You're, it's most likely going to take you longer. You're most likely going to fail a little bit more um, and, and learn. And you could also, so what I suggest a lot now that I look back is maybe finding somebody that's doing what you want to be doing at a high level and then just come and offer them value. Like you said, you know, you, you interviewed John Okocha. Well, that's exactly what he did with us. You know, he came, he came to us and um, was willing to put in the work and it worked out. Yeah, I think that's important. That's it's especially in this day and age. Like right now, look, we're at, we're on Zoom, we're on a Zoom call, and you know who knows where this relationship would go. And 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 I say that like with real like my meetups. I have partners who are doing fix and flips right now. That's from a meetup that I hosted. And, and at first, when I did it, no one showed up. And I think that's really important for people to hear that you know asking the question, not being afraid to ask the question, and then offering value. It can be done over Zoom. It can be done on site and you can double dip kind of like what uh, you and I are doing uh, within maybe your industry even. So um, that's that's super good. And I'm, I'm glad you talked about the coaching thing too, because I think it's it's a, I don't think there's a right or wrong. It's a trade-off and it's either you're going to spend the money for packaged information because there's a lot of information out there that's been packaged by somebody uh, and, or you're going to literally learn from someone who's boots on the ground as, as a practitioner, which I think is very important. Um, so, so that's, that's amazing. So as far as um, the, okay, so now we've talked about, you know, we talked about, you know, you're doing the construction, you're doing it for yourself, you're doing it for some clients, you're, you're kind of like seeing what's going on, then you're like, okay, I got to double down multifamily. Um, was it economies of scale? Like what, what were you thinking behind that move? Or you just fell in love with the clientele and the people? We'll be right back. No, I mean, at, at that point, I had already kind of, um, I wanted to scale. I wanted to, to build a large business. Um, scaling the fix and flips, it's, um, how do you say, it's a lot of work. <laughs> Um, you know, we were, we were up to, uh, maybe 30, 40 homes a year, something like that. Um, and it was also very transactional, you know, from one deal to the next. Um, so that was already kind of, um, getting me thinking twice if this was the path I wanted to, to go down. Um, you know, I had, made money doing it, but it wasn't quite what I wanted as far as um, building the wealth that I had to seek out to do. Mm. I think that's important. You said it's very transactional. When you say that, do you mean that, um, well, I, I guess I know what you mean, but can you elaborate a little bit on that it, versus multifamily? Like what's the difference for people to just hear that for a second? Um, there's a lot of different uh, streams of income within one multifamily deal. You know, you you've got the transactional part if you're charging your your acquisition fees or, or whatever, and then you've also got the the cash flow, and then you've got another fee or not fee, but your equity once you 
close on it um, and sell it finally. Um, versus, you know, you buy a single family home, you fix it up, and then you sell it. You get paid when you sell it. <laughs> that's it. Unless yeah. you're going to hold it. Yeah. yeah. No, I think uh, it's good. It's good you highlighted that. So, and I'm not sure if I, I, I you know, I talked about the humble introduction that you were going to have, and then I don't know if I, you know, really honed in on the amount of units that you're doing, which is, you know, very remarkable. Uh, but update me, please, because I know guys like you and your company, you guys are always moving. Uh, what's the, you know, just so people have some perspective, amount of doors that you have on general partner side versus the doors you have on lim- limiting partner side. And again, not that I don't want people to think that it matters that, oh, he's got a thousand and plus and all that. It, I, I think it gives people a perspective, you know, uh, of kind of the scale that we're talking about when we say multifamily. So I guess for you, uh, so you get a chance to tell our listeners, what is it right now? What kind of portfolios are you looking at as far as uh, your, your, your investments uh, go from a multifamily perspective? Yeah, so uh, total amount of doors that we currently have under management is 1,720. We've got um, another one that we're wrapping up right now, and that one's uh, 264 units, and then we've got another... 300 plus unit one that, that um, we're going to roll out here soon. Um, so that should put us 2,300 or so oh. in the next couple months. That's very impressive. How long did it, it for someone who's listening, it was like, wow, dang. Um, <laughs> how long was that process for you, you know, to go from door one to, you know, the doors that you're looking at right now? It, it was a process. Um, yeah. You know, one is uh, catching up and, and, and gaining all the knowledge to to know what's a good deal and, and how to execute on, on these uh, multifamily properties. A um, lot different if you're comparing it to single family. I mean, you're, you're buying a business when you buy a multifamily. You're not just buying the real estate. Um, so that... And then the competition. I mean, there's there's a lot of competition out there. It's it's been a great market. You know, obviously we had COVID come in and, and mix things up. But um, you know, before that, it was it was a great market, and it's going to continue to be. I I, I think um, so. A lot of um, looking at deals, evaluating deals, submitting offers. It took. I always say this. I mean, I, I want to say at least a hundred, hundred deals that I only wrote before we landed one. Wow. So this is from the very initial beginning of landing a first deal. Was was uh, John somewhat involved in that in that phase, or was that uh, probably a little later when he came in? A little later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. See you guys. I'm giving you guys here in the lab the entire full spectrum of, of Elevate here. We're showing extra love. Yeah, John, <laughs> kind of like tell us his experience coming into um, the, the, again, the fantastic company you put together uh, with your partners. And, and now we get to hear from, from, again, from like, you know, from the trenches, really, right? Like what it was like from the beginning, which I. Is, I'm losing uh, your audio. We get that to edit it out. Are we good? Yep. Yeah. The the worst thing we can do, I was saying, George, is is uh, 
you know, sit in on these calls and, and make it sound like it's uh, like an overnight. I'm a big, big believer of the process. And uh, I think that's what we call it, the lab. Like, you know, what, what are the books that you're good? You know, what are the formulas? Like, what are all the things that need to go into making this, you know, what it is today? It, it does not happen overnight. And I think it's, it's important. I think a lot of people can sell it. And that's a very different way. Yeah, no, there's a lot of sacrifice, man. Um, yeah. A lot of uh, mindset and, and things you've got to sacrifice if, if you want it. Yeah. All right. So shifting into that uh, kind of end portion of it, um, I'm glad you brought in mindset because um, um, I think when we kicked off this call, we talked about, you know, a believer that, you know, your reflection, your business is a reflection of who you are, right? Um, so kind of getting into, you know, the, the foundation of, of you. Like what are, what are some things that you feel are, or maybe some obstacles that you feel people need to just hurdle over like as soon as possible to maybe it's limiting beliefs, whatever that might be to get from like what would be maybe the old George to the new George of, 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 of a, maybe it's a new implementation in a system or maybe it's from door one to door a hundred or door a thousand. Like what, what, what is something that you've seen is probably, yeah, man, this, this is something that keeps coming, coming to mind every time I'm looking to take that leap. Um, one that comes to mind is, is the numbers, like don't let the numbers scare you. Um, you know, you go from, in my case, single family, I'm talking a couple hundred thousand dollars to 20 million. Um, and um, just the whole mindset behind uh, money, as far as I feel like in the U.S., we're, we're really not brought up to, to talk about our, our net worth or... Um, our investments in general. Um, and I, I think we should, I mean, we should be talking about those things and yeah. uh, to, to raise money in multifamily, you've got to feel comfortable um, talking about that. And uh, you'll find out that the individuals that want to invest feel comfortable telling you exactly what they've got and what they're looking to, how much funds they're looking to place and, and whatnot. I love that. I love that because I, I know I've been on both sides, the entrepreneurial route of being a business owner. And then it still bugs me to this day. Like when I'll have this conversation sometime internally with like family or something like that, or, or and it's like, I'm very open. <laughs> like maybe I'm too open about it. I'm like, yeah. So how much you make on that? Like, I, I don't know. I can't help it. I mean, if you know something, I I know that I can learn from you. So I'm going to ask you. I don't know why it's a kind of a ta- taboo to to ask someone how much they made or how much they're making right. or how, and what I see in the you know entrepreneurial community or business owners, it's very straightforward. Like I've had guys show me their entire like, oh wow, this is like how much you're making. Like that's cool. And like yeah, and then and so there's this like abundance state of mind, and I and I think it's just so important to have that because it, it, when you do this, there's no one benefits from that. Right. Um, you know, I, I can't find out if you can help me or not. Cause I don't know. And you can't find out if, you know, vice versa. Right. So 
Um, <laughs> also, I'm glad. I'm really glad you're, you're hitting the nail on the head on every point here. This is really interesting. Uh, what do you What do you think is that keeping it real? Another keeping it real. Something. What is the you know you talked about syndication earlier. You talk about raising capital. Talk about knowing your numbers. You know what 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 do you think is one of the biggest you know mistakes that um, you find in this sexy age of raising capital? Um, what should we be aware, be aware of, and maybe even for times like these, um, make sure that we don't take off more than we could chew or, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, yeah, who should be aware of, uh, I think, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a syndicator. Yeah. I'm sorry. Or, or, or people okay. who, yeah. I could have gone two ways with that. So yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad that. Yeah. I want to hear. Um, a syndicator. I mean, you know, I think COVID has brought, a whole new meaning to, to the word reserves. Um, you know, um, we got to make sure we, we, we've got enough reserves to hold up situations like this crazy pandemic. Um, and that we don't, um, try not to over leverage deals. Um, you know, we're going to see, opportunities popping up pretty soon and it's going to be those individuals that over leveraged it didn't do enough reserves didn't estimate the capex correctly um aren't managing it correctly or asset managing it um close enough and uh right there those are your four points no those are <laughs> um, yeah that you really got to own in on, um, you know, have a good plan on how you're going to asset manage the property. Um, expenses too. I mean, I guess that goes hand in hand with asset management, but, you know, keep an eye on the, the expenses. Um, just running a tight shit pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, 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 and this is like great cause you're talking about the, even, the current asset in itself. Uh, I'm kind of curious, and I had asked John from an acquisition perspective, uh, and maybe, I don't know if you're completely let go of that, or I'm sure you're, you're, you're still in the weeds, but what does that look like for you guys? Is it more based on relationships when you're looking to acquire a new asset? Is it still brokers that you count on? What does that look like for even maybe right now when you're looking for opportunities to acquire new multifamily apartments? What is the what is that 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 dominating one when that kind of gets the uh you to the uh to the acquisition table yeah i mean that's a that's a tough question so you know we started when we first started looking for deals um we were doing cold calling we were doing mail outs um a lot of networking and that's how we found our first few deals once we gained some traction, then um, started building more relationships with the brokers. Then we started getting deals that way. Um, you know, right now, I feel like I'm going to be going back to the way we started just because um, it's hard to find good deals right now. Um, a lot of the sellers are, are still you know, wanting pre-COVID pricing or even higher. Um, and we're looking for something better than that. Uh, 
So, uh, yeah, man, it, it, it's, it's tough. I think the relationships are important for sure. Yeah. The brokers can still find you good deals. Um, but, yeah, I think we're going back to, to some cold calling. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and, and I always, uh, a guy like you, out of curiosity, you're, you know, I'm curious to see what your phone <laughs> phone contact would look like. Is it hard to find deals with other people who are like you because you're all trying to find the same deals? Like, I, I guess I'm curious, like for another guy who has another 2,000 units like you, like, is it more of, hey, I'm trying to liquidate this or it's like everyone's trying to buy, so it's kind of like counterintuitive. Like, I'm curious. Like, see, I'm asking the questions, man. I'm going shit to the store. I'm not bull. Yeah. I'm not dodging. I'm like, what does it look like, man, when you're t- having a conversation with someone in your network, the big boys, the big boys table? Yeah, I mean, so we team up and go after the bigger ones. Ah, I like that. I like that. So, it's like you're, we're, we're talking like you're trying to go against like the the big institutions, right? Like the big the. Yeah, there's this. Uh, yeah, there's le- there's levels there's to this gap yeah. from mm. you know, the institutional stuff and the big but not quite sexy enough for the institutional. Um, what what is that range, by the way? Out of curiosity, is that like a thousand units or like what's the three hundred units? Like what's the midpoint that you're talking about? It's more of like a. I think it's more on the class, like a class. large. Okay. Yeah, a large portfolio of C class, maybe even E minus class. Um, the institutional really like your B plus or A class properties. So um, maybe to answer unit wise, yeah, maybe like above eight hundred units. Oh, in that class. <laughs> It's crazy because there's so many levels. There's, you talk about mid, and then there's the other gray area where there's the, you know, there's the typical like four unit guy, twelve unit guy, and then there's this gap between like thirty and fifty, seventy, right? That you guys will. I don't know if you would look at it. You probably wouldn't because you're like a what? We wouldn't unless we had something really close by. Um, nice. Yeah. That's new area so, now. So interesting. There's so many levels to this thing. Um, so I guess that ties into my next question. What What is next? You know, we talked about Elevate. Uh, maybe that's the name in itself, pun intended. What are you guys, where are you guys trying to elevate to? What is next for you guys? Like, or is it just, let's continue to do what we're doing. Um, what is it for you guys? What's next? Um, I mean, I'm always looking to, to grow and go to the next level. Um, you know, definitely keep doing what we've been doing. That's been working. Um, Hone in more on the, on the systems and the procedures and really get those down to be able to scale and, and take it to the next level. Um, focusing a lot on, on our equity raising right now and, and, and kind of taking that to the next level. Um, and then, you know, continuing to find the, the good deals and, and you know, time to equity good deal. Level up, level up. Love it. Core rapid fire questions right before we head out. Just want to hear real quick. Uh, you talked about mindset earlier. Do you have a favorite book? Uh, for mindset? Yeah. Uh, you can't hurt me. For sure. You can't hurt me? Yeah. Nice. Best habit that serves you every day. Say it again? Best habit that serves you every day. Working out. Cool. Cool. Best tool that helps you excel throughout the day. Could be like an application, notepad, anything. 
Active campaign. Nice. Uh, one 300 unit apartment building or three apartments of 100 units? 300 units. Class B or C? Um, I mean, ideally B for the right price for sure. Okay. Cash flow or equity? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Right now, cash flow. Yeah, saves you, right? Um, Self-manage or outsource? Uh, um, <laughs> that's a tough one, man. Uh, third party for right now and eventually in-house, I think. No, we'll find out more on part two next time on the, all these. <laughs> sure, fine. I can, I'm sure you could go down a rabbit hole. If you had one superpower, man, right before we leave, what would it be from all your years of experiences, building businesses, vertical integrations, putting people together? What is one thing that George is working on or wish he had a magic wand to, to turn on for himself and for the benefit of everybody in his community and your com- company? What would that be? Do you have something? Um, oh, I came with that heat, man. Give <laughs> <laughs> uh, me an idea here. What, what's your, what would be yours? Mine, um, mine. I think right now would be. Uh, well, I'm, I'm working on it right now. It's uh, just funnel building. Like I'm in. A, I have an agency. I'm gonna plug myself. Shout out to Invested Talent. We put all these wonderful content together from our real estate investors. Uh, we have a lot of, of and, and we're we're putting together products. So I'm really working on a funnel. So I'm working with uh, uh, guys like Russell Bronson and Peng Jun and all those guys because uh, they've literally just dominated the funnel building. Um, so that's one thing I'm like super proud right now. You give that. You give me the Russell Brunson touch, and I'm happy because I think we're doing a good job of serving people at the service level uh, right now. So I think that's one for me. There, I put myself out there, George. What else do you want? I like that one, by the way. I'm, Thank I'm you. all about the funnels, and it's something I need to yes, sir. continue to work on. Um, man, getting getting uh, the word out more on the, the equity raising and, and being, a, being able to offer, you know, I, I feel like we're – we're offering something to to investors that um, some don't really know anything about. Like they don't know that they can actually invest their um, IRA funds in a multi-camera property. Yeah, yeah. Um, just for an example. Um, so really trying to get that word out and, and letting others know, hey, there's there's other ways of doing this versus stocks or a retirement plan um and yeah that'd be my super power letting everybody know instantly love it well we'll continue to build with you man we're, we're gonna follow what you're doing uh so happy you stepped in today uh dropped tons of value and again so humble and again very straight to the point love that give us very tactical advice uh where can we find out more about all the great stuff that you and your team are doing uh, man, we got a bunch of stuff on our website. So if you go to elevatecig.com, um, if they want to email me, they can go ahead and email me at George, spelled Jorge, J-O-R-G-E, at elevatecig.com. Um, they told me they want to go ahead and mention that they listen to this podcast. I'll send them. I've got about four different um, checklists for due diligence, questions to ask a 
field sponsor, a couple other ones. I'll send them. I'll send over the way. Look at that. Always over delivering this guy. How can you match this guy? Love it, George. Thank you so much. And we'll be sure to include all that in the show notes. And just like that, we are out. If you're a real estate professional, a real estate agent, a real estate investor, a lender, a multifamily syndicator, a contractor, you name it, and you're looking to grow your online presence, but you have no idea how to get started or simply don't have the time at Invested Talent, we help real estate professionals extend their current business to social media. Why is this important? Without this, you wouldn't be listening to this show and your own host, Ruben Kanya, and his team would not have done deals they've done today. As a matter of fact, social media has helped us keep this show together, which now exceeds a billion dollars worth of real estate from our guests collectively. That's right. Our reputation, opportunities, partnerships, and most importantly, real estate transactions were started directly from social media. If you're a real estate professional and you lack an existence on a media platform, Invested Talent can help. Simply go to investedtalent.com forward slash social media and make sure you click the get in touch button to get in touch with our team. Again, that's investedtalent.com forward slash social media and get in touch with our team. You focus on being the brand and we'll help you build it. Now, if you know anything about the lab, you know that we like to give practical advice. So if you feel that this podcast was of any value to you, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes by going directly to the podcast app. From the show's page, scroll all the way down and leave us a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Lastly, and most importantly, share this episode with a friend you feel will benefit this episode the most. Remember, there's a you and I in build. Let's build, y'all.